Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello. I'm so glad to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got an interesting item. If you'll turn your gaze to the wall over here, it's a tapestry, ancient, quite ancient, and it depicts the Hammer Mjolnir. Of course, you may know this as the Hammer of the God of Thunder Thor in Norse mythology. No, we're not talking about Marvel and, and that sort of thing. No, this is not a comic book version of this ancient artifact. This is a depiction that has been passed down through antiquity. And of course, Mjolnir in Norse mythology, not only influential in the comic books we all know and love, but the idea also influential in the video games that we play. And the hammer of the god Thor, Mjolnir, the namesake of the armor used by a particular group of soldiers in a popular video game series now turned into a television series thanks to Paramount+. Plus. So let's pull out the mutoscope and take a look at Halo. Now, for many of you who are familiar with uh, video games, uh, of course, you know the Halo series, uh, mostly a, a first-person shooter game. There have been 16 games in total released over the past 20 years or so. And, of course, millions of copies of these video games have been sold over the years, uh, grossing billions of dollars. This has been a popular video game franchise for quite some time. And for quite some time, it has been kicked around the idea of doing a live-action version of the Halo series. I know at one point, Peter Jackson was being tied to uh, possibly doing a Halo movie. But, uh, but it's been talked about doing a Halo movie or Halo TV series for quite some time. And it just has never come to fruition until now. Of course, Paramount Plus has come out with the brand new Halo series, and I, for one, was interested in it just for the sheer science fiction aspect of it, because, of course, I love, as this podcast can attest to, uh, horror, fantasy, and science fiction. I love these genres, and Halo, of course, dives deeply into the uh, science fiction and fantasy uh, portion of that, and I was interested in that in and of itself. Now, as far as the video games go, I never, I'm not what you would call a gamer. Maybe back in the day when it was Atari and Nintendo and Sega Genesis, but after that, I just, too many buttons. For God's sakes, we need a few less buttons. And I might be on board, but uh, no, I just, I kind of got out of video games, uh, although they still intrigue me. I'm one of those dorks that can sit there and watch somebody else playing for forever but i've never played the halo game although i've had friends who have kids that are into video games 
and uh, would talk incessantly about the Halo video games and the Halo toys and things like that. So I was very much aware of Halo and what the story behind the video games was about. The characters, Master Chief, Cortana, uh, some of the some of the things like the Covenant. I, I knew the lingo. I knew some of the story. So I, I knew enough about it and the fact, like I said, that this is a, a science fiction story that my curiosity was piqued. And just the sheer fact that they've been trying to do a Halo movie or series of movies or a TV series for so long now. I mean, we've been hearing about this for the past 10, 15 years at least. And the fact that they finally did it. They finally got it together and put forth a Halo TV series. That was intriguing enough for me to be like, okay, I'm on board. I want to check this out. Now, the series premiered on March 24th. It wrapped up here a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've just had so much going on that uh, it's. I've kind of had to wait a little bit to put out this review of the Halo TV series. But, uh, but I think it's important enough that it was worth the wait because I really, not being a gamer... Uh, not having any skin in the game when it comes to how close or how different from the video game series this is. I get to look at this through the lens of some of the... I know just enough about the game to be dangerous, but not enough to really care if it's 100% spot on to the video game or if maybe they deviate from the video game. And I think they did a good combination of both. From what I understand of the story and the characters, they they had all the things. They had all the characters. They had Master Chief. They had Gortana. They had Halsey. They had her daughter, Miranda Keys. Miranda's father. You know, they had a lot of the main characters from the the Halo video game. That it and, and they did them well enough, or at least close enough to what I understand the video game story to be, to be very true to the video game while treating this as a separate universe from the video game. This isn't a prequel. This isn't a sequel to the video games. This is kind of like, uh, as I heard it described, it's kind of like the difference between Marvel Comics and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Marvel Comics is the... It's what it's all based off of. But the Marvel Cinematic Universe is slightly different. Things play out a little different than they did in the comic books. And that's the same for this. You know, you have the the basis, the foundation, the source material in the video game series. And this TV series is close enough to be very true to the video games, but they do it differently enough. They add new characters in to make it its own separate thing. So I think you really have to take that into consideration when you're watching this. If you're a fan of the video games, uh, you're going to get enough references to the video games to make it feel like you're watching an adaptation of the video game series. And let's be honest, we've had a lot of video games turned into movies or TV series that have completely blown goats. This, I think, is not one of those. I think this was a really good representation of the the source material, the video games, but they did it different enough to make it an engaging TV series for anyone who hasn't played the video games. Me. So for anyone who hasn't played the video games, or, or maybe if you haven't watched the series, uh, 
Well, first and foremost, we are gonna. There are gonna be some spoilers. I'm not gonna give too much away. I'm gonna try to keep this breakdown of the series as pithy as possible. I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to. You know, this is about nine episodes, but an hour long. Uh, you know, forty minutes to an hour. I, I don't want to get into all the nuts and bolts of each episode, but I do want to kind of give you a, a sense of what this story is about and who these characters are and the actors who played them, which I think. The series was cast really well. For having a lot of actors I wasn't really familiar with, uh, I really did enjoy the performances from from almost all of them. And a lot of them have interesting backgrounds that we'll kind of talk about. But this is all set in the 26th century, uh, I believe in the video games, like 25-25, somewhere around there. But we're in the 26th century. There's a conflict between humanity and this alien threat known as the Covenant. In the in the video games, it's more of a conglomeration of all these different alien races come together to fight humanity. In the TV series, it's called the Covenant, but we only really see maybe a couple different races. Uh, maybe that's something they'll delve into a little bit more in later. Uh, seasons, but you only really get a sense of this one group of aliens that kind of be, are the leaders. Uh, this other group of aliens, they're kind of like the the ground troops, and maybe like a third that are the big, big, tall, strong guys. It, it, you know, they they really don't get into too much of the weather twos and the Y fours and the nuts and bolts of what comprises the covenant just that they are there and they're trying to wipe out humanity and of course humanity i guess i never really catch whether this is supposed to be like some military run society but you have this unsc uh the united nations space command that is fighting the covenant uh, of course, they have their Marines, their their regular soldiers, but then they also have these super soldiers called Spartans. And these Spartans are raised from childhood to be super soldiers. They're they have their bodies altered, their uh, maybe even their DNA altered uh, to make them bigger stronger faster and when they wear these suits this mjolnir armor they're upwards of seven feet tall and a thousand pounds wearing the armor yet they're still fast and nimble and strong even without the armor they're all supposed to be really tall master chief i think without the armor he's supposed to be like 610 so they had to get tall actors to play these spartans and i think they did a really good job with that but it is discovered uh this halo array that both sides want some look at it as a weapon to destroy everything. Others look at it as salvation for their side. But they find these two artifacts that are supposed to, to lead the way to this halo array. And both sides, the Covenant and the UNSC, both want the control of this the halo and that's the bulk of the story is both sides searching for these artifacts to lead the way to the halo array and then trying to maintain possession and find the secret of where the halo array is so they can uh, their side can win the war and right off the bat we're introduced to a lot of the main characters in this story of course the the main character of the whole thing is master chief uh petty officer john 117 
played by Pablo Schreiber, who you may know. I mean, he's, he's done uh, a lot of work in television and in film, but uh, I knew him as Porn Stash in Orange is the New Black. And he did a fantastic... I mean, the character he played was reprehensible, but he did such a great job with that character. I believe he was nominated for an Emmy as like best uh, special guest actor in a, in a series. And, and much. I, I don't think he won that, but he deserved it because uh, he did such a fantastic job in that role and so when I found out he was playing this I was like oh is that gonna be how is that gonna be because all I, I'm seeing him is this character from Orange is the New Black with this horrible horrible mustache but once you see him as Master Chief and I know in the video game series you rarely see him without his helmet when you do you really can't make out his face they skip that you gotta have a face you gotta have a face to this character uh, for anyone to care so that I didn't mind but you see him as this character and he's, he's a tall guy to begin with you know he fit this uh, Master Chief is this kind of Clint Eastwood man of few words uh, you know s speak softly and carry a big stick Teddy Roosevelt type and he does this part very well he kind of comes across as that not reluctant hero but he's a good soldier he does what he's supposed to do he does it efficiently and lethally and there's no pomp, no circumstance. You know, he doesn't kill somebody and give you a, a funny little catchphrase uh, that people can put on T-shirts and uh, record for pull string dolls that speak out loud. Uh, none of that nonsense. It's, it's all business with this character. And I like how this character grows through the series because Master Chief learns that he does have a past. You know, when, when they bring these children into the Spartan program, uh, they're essentially their memory is wiped and they're brainwashed. And when they find the first piece of this artifact to find the Halo Array, he touches it and there's something special about him because he touches it and activates it, but it also activates repressed memories that he's had as a child and that really kind of starts his character's arc from being this just brainwashed military creation to what we see at the end uh, we get to see him develop his humanity again because as a spartan like i said he's brainwashed and just being this perfect soldier this perfect killing machine don't ask questions just follow orders and and we get to see the development of him getting his humanity back getting his personality back and that was a fun ride to be able to see this character uh, develop into a human you care about. But right off the bat, we get this incursion on this planet Madrigal. And in this universe, I, I want to say Earth is no longer habitable or, or something to that effect. But once slip space transportation, it's essentially like this uh, video games version of hyperspace to speak Star Wars with you. But they're able to travel the the galaxy and inhabit other planets. So you get all these different planets inhabited by humans and this Madrigal is one of these planets where humans are inhabiting it and they're going through a bit of a revolution and we meet this group of insurrectionists that are fighting the UNSC for control of Madrigal. And while they're in the midst of this, this fight, uh, the Covenant shows up and attacks 
and they destroy everything. But we we get to see the Spartans uh, show up, Master Chief and three of his other Spartans, Silver Team, and they show up and they kick ass. And I liked one of the things that they did. They did this in the first episode and they did this in the last episode. Uh, they did some shots where it is a POV shot from inside the helmet of one of the Spartans, mainly Master Chief. But you get that look from inside the helmet with all the little readouts and it's very much the the view you would get if you were playing Halo as a first person shooter. And they did a few scenes like that. They didn't overdo it but it's those little scenes like that like i said in the first episode in the last episode they may have done it one other time in between there but uh, those first and last episodes they they did that pov shot and it really made you feel like you were in the video game and i thought that was a nice touch that was a nod to the gamers out there the people that have played halo the video game uh giving you those shots where it looks it looks like what you were playing on the on the video game screen which i thought was kind of cool but the covenant wipes out this group of insurrectionists and we're left with the lone survivor it's the teenage daughter of the leader Quan ha is her name played by uh, yaren ha who is not uh i, I did not know her I, I did not recognize her uh she really doesn't have a a long filmography she's you know she's been around since 2019 so she's been acting uh at least in film for a few years now so but you know from her performance in this uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot more for her because uh, she really did a good job. She just played this character, this teenage girl. Uh, she's got a chip on her shoulder, her family and her friends, everyone she knows gone. But she wants to get back to her planet to start the fight up again, come hell or high water. And hers was an interesting character, an interesting story because Master Chief takes her in. He knows she's wanted by the UNSC, so he, he takes her to a former Spartan soldier who left in the middle of training, a man named Soren, played by uh, Bokeem Woodbine, which uh, when I first saw him on the screen, I was like, why, why does he look so familiar? And then I realized he played the sheriff in Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I remember commenting on that movie, how I, I liked how he played that character. And I wanted to see more about that character and its relationship, his relationship with his daughter in that movie. So I really enjoyed Bokeem Woodbine's performance in Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I loved his performance in this. Uh, he plays this former Spartan soldier who never finished his training. Uh, he kind of went into hiding, kind of became a pirate, a space pirate, so to speak. And Master Chief uh, has him take in Quan uh, Ha. And look after her. And we do kind of get like this secondary story with Soren and Quan Ha going back to Madrigal. He's going to help her get back up with the resistance. Uh, she's going to pay him very well for it. And and things kind of go sideways there. Uh, Quan Ha realizes that the resistance is over. But then she finds a greater purpose for herself. Much like her father did before her. Soren kind of has this development of his character. He's gone from this pirate that is leading this this group of people uh, in this asteroid field. Do anything for money. Look out for yourself type. Look out for yourself and, and his 
wife and child, <laughs> of course. But, you know, other outside of that, uh, he, he's not looking out for anyone else where he's kind of developed in this character where he learns to respect Quan Ha and, and the fact that, you know, she's willing to fight for things that matter. And it kind of puts him in a position where I think he's going to be helping her. Uh, we didn't really get quite the tie-up to that story that I thought we might. They did one episode essentially dedicated uh, to those two characters and where they left off. Uh, I think, though, it's something where we're going to see more of them in future season or seasons, hopefully. We'll get more than one more season out of this. But uh, I, it really was a good start to this dynamic between these two characters uh, because they start off very kind of advers adversarial. Uh, Quanaha is this punk teenage girl who's going to do what she wants and nobody's going to tell her what to do. And he is, uh, I promised John, I promised Master Chief, I'd look out for you. That's all I'm going to do. And he wants to keep her out of trouble and keep her locked up. And and they kind of uh, develop a mutual respect for each other and, and almost a partnership uh, by the end, which I'm looking to see more of that relationship and how it ties back into the, the main storyline with Master Chief. But for the bulk of this series, we get Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief uh, really discovering who he used to be. He starts to have these memories whenever he touches this artifact. And then he starts to have memories even when he's not touching it. Uh, he takes out this inhibitor, essentially an inhibitor chip out of his back that keeps him uh, kind of stoic and Spartan-like. If you look at Spartans through history, he starts to have emotions. He starts to feel things for himself. He starts to question orders as to why he should do this and, and gets more of his humanity back when he takes out this chip and starts to gain more of his memories back. And, and we find that he didn't volunteer for the Spartan program. He was kidnapped by Halsey and all the Spartans were, uh, they were essentially conscripted into service in this Spartan program where they were experimented on and had their bodies altered to become these super soldiers and had every, every bit of their humanity taken from them. And a lot of this series is him uh, reconciling that with himself and with Halsey. Halsey's very unapologetic as to what she did to these kids and never really gets her comeuppance. So I, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out once Master Chief and Halsey kind of come face to face again. And then you have these three other Spartans in Master Chief's silver team. We don't get to learn much about two of them. Riz, played by Natasha Kolzak. Again, she's not an actress I'm terribly familiar with, although she has had little bit parts here. I mean, she had a, a small part in The Witcher She's in The Strangers. You know, she's she's done some things here and there. Uh, she's got a very recognizable look. And so you, you've probably recognized her in places, uh, Men in Black International, things like that. But Riz is a character we don't learn a lot about. Uh, same with the Vanek character, played by Bentley Kalu. Of course, he's been in a ton of things, uh, a ton of movies. He had a bit part in Morbius. He had a, a small part in Age of Ultron, 
the Avengers movie. You know, he's done things here and there. He, like another actress, has done a lot of voice work for video games. So he's, he definitely has a very distinct voice uh, that you recognize. And, and he sounds like he would have done voices in video games. It's just that very deep, booming voice. And the other character, Kaya played by Kate Kennedy. She looks very familiar. I, I, I want to say I know her from somewhere, but just looking at her filmography, I can't place where. But she also has a very distinct voice, and maybe it's her voice because she has done a lot of, of video game voice work over the years. So maybe that's, I recognize, but she's got a very distinct face, a very expressive face that you just, it, it looks like you know her from somewhere. But uh, she sees Master Chief taking out the inhibitor chip out of his back and she does the same thing. And she starts to get her own personality and uh, start to question why and gets her humanity. So it's it's interesting to watch her kind of take that separate journey. It's it's parallel but separate from Master Chief as to getting her humanity back. She she pour like smears uh, this red gun grease in her hair uh, and gives her hair a red her blonde hair a red streak because she thinks it might look pretty and that's something that uh, a Spartan would never do. And then she gets looks from Riz and Vanek as to why she did that. Uh, but it, it's kind of a, you get a little more of a fun uh, development of her humanity or regaining of her humanity with this character than you do with Master Chief because Master Chief's story is very serious and you, you do get a little bit of fun with Kate Kennedy's Kaya character. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this character develops, you know, now that she can... Uh, feel things. She can feel emotion again. Are they going to do that with the Riz and Vanek character? Uh, have them take out their chips and get some of their personality back. It's really interesting to see what they're going to do because these three characters, I believe, are not in the video game. So really kind of sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want with these characters because you don't have, you're not beholden to the video game. Not that they really seem to be beholden to the video game for Master Chief because I think the artifact aspect of his character, him touching it and coming to life, uh, the, the artifact coming to life, I don't think that's in the video game, if I'm not mistaken. But these characters, Kaya, Vanek, and Riz, the three other members of this silver team of Spartans, uh, I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with these characters in a potential second season. Then, of course, you've got the family unit in the series and in the video games. You've got... Catherine Halsey, played by Natasha McAlone, who, I mean, she's been in a ton of stuff. The Devil's Own. Uh, she's been in The Truman Show, the uh, miniseries Revelations, Californication. I mean, she's she's done uh, quite, quite a bit uh, of acting, to say the least. Uh, but she plays uh, Catherine Halsey. She is a scientist at the UNSC. Uh, she created the Spartans program. And she is uh, a character that kind of comes across as a bit of an antagonist but she's one of these characters that she's doing things for the right reasons maybe uh, and then sometimes it feels like she's doing things because she hates humanity 
Uh, it's it's really kind of weird. Um, she created the Spartan program under nefarious circumstances involving cloning, and that's that's outlawed. And it's just uh, she's a, she's a real tough character to get a grasp on what her what her motives are. And Natasha Macalone plays this this character very well. She plays the sinisterness, like the subtle sinister nature of the character quite well. She plays the, I'm doing this for the good of humanity. She plays the self-delusion that what she did is right if the ends justify the means. So I, I really enjoy her character. Her daughter, Miranda Keys, is a, a scientist as well and kind of always under the shadow of her mother and her mother always holding her back, whether it's you know under the guise to protect her, but almost because she doesn't want her in her way sort of situation. But all of Grey plays Miranda Keys. Uh, another actress, I, not terribly familiar with her body of work, but, but she does a really good job in this. Uh, her character didn't have a ton in this. I mean, she she had a lot of scenes, but she really didn't have like any real emotional arc, which I, I'm really interested to see if they give this character a little more of a character arc in, in an upcoming season, because I, I think there's a lot to work there. I mean, you get a little bit of one with her dynamic with her mother, but they, they just didn't really give her much to chew on as far as an actress. Uh, so, so I'm interested to see a little more. And then, of course, uh, Miranda Key's father, Jacob Keys. Uh, he's a, a seasoned UNSC officer played by Danny Sapani. And, of course, you've seen him. He's done quite a lot of work in, in some big movies. I mean, he's been in Black Panther uh, he was in Last Jedi. He's going to be in the the new Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever. So really looking forward to that. He was in one of my favorite shows, Penny Dreadful. A lot of work in things like Harlots, The Crown, uh, Killing Eve. So this guy, I mean, he's he's been around the block and a, a very seasoned actor. And and you could really tell with these characters, especially the mother and the father, Halsey and and Jacob Keys. Uh, these two actors really. Uh, brought some weight to the cast, gravity to the characters. I mean, they're both fine actors, so it was nice to see, uh, you know, actors of that quality in this show with, along with the actors that, you know, maybe you're not so aware of. And then one of the cool things I, I really liked, I really liked how they brought the Cortana character, this artificial intelligence that's kind of in... Uh, Master Chief's head, but we do see visualizations of, of the Cortana character, and that is, of course, voiced by Jen Taylor, who voices Cortana in the Halo video games. So that was a, I, I thought was such a wonderful touch of bringing the video games into the TV series. So I, I thought that was really cool. And the Cortana character is a really interesting character because she's an artificial intelligence created by Dr. Halsey uh, to kind of be a fail safe to control Master Chief uh, when it serves Halsey's purpose. But it's artificial intelligence, so it's always learning. And actually, the Cortana character and Master Chief become really good friends. And Cortana is on Master Chief's side. And, and we get to see that character development, that relationship development play out in this series, which was nice to watch. And then when things kind of end, you see Master Chief trusts Cortana. 
uh, implicitly, <laughs> and we'll kind of talk uh, about how this this whole season ended here here shortly. But I kind of wanted to touch on some of these some of these characters and some of the actors that played these characters that really made this such an enjoyable watch for somebody who really isn't in the video games with just a, a passing knowledge of the video games. It didn't really care. It didn't really bother me that this was a video game series that I knew very little about. Like I said, I had a passing knowledge of some of this, but it didn't matter. You don't have to be into the video games to really enjoy this story because like I said, you had a lot of characters that you you become attached to, you become invested in because uh, a lot of these characters are likable and a lot of these characters have interesting stories. Even the, the characters that aren't so likable, like the Halsey character is not a terribly likable character, but you get invested because uh, the character is interesting and the character is multifaceted and the character has dimension and you're wondering where it's going to go, what it's going to all culminate with. And then one last character I want to talk about, and this is a character that is not in the video game series. They created this character for the the show and I liked what they did with it. I thought it was an interesting thing. This character, McKee, played by Charlie Murphy, who uh, again not a not a actress that I'm 100% familiar with. I mean I know she's played a, uh, in that TV series Ripper Street. I watched maybe like the first season of that. I don't remember her. I'd have to go back and watch it. But she's done several uh, several TV series. Uh, she's in Peaky Blinders, which I've never watched. That it's one of those shows I I wanted to watch, just never taken the time to. So she she's been around. I mean she's got. She's got quite a, a list of accomplishments as far as TV and film that she's done. Just not an actress I'm 100% familiar with. And, and when I first saw her on the screen, I mean, uh, normally she's a brunette, but she's got this really short, blonde, pixie haircut. And I was like, oh, it's Dollar Tree Lady Gaga. I said that at first, and then after watching her, I really enjoyed her performance. Uh, this character, McKee, is a, an interesting character because she is a human, but she was captured by the Covenant as a child and raised by their leaders as the Blessed One because she, much like Master Chief, uh, when she touches the artifact, it, she too can bring the artifact to life. And because, you know, when she was a child, uh, she lived in squalor and she lived subjugated by other humans. Uh, she's taken in by the covenant. They treat her like royalty and she's very misanthropic. She, she hates humanity. And we get a great story with her where she's kind of planted into the UNSC as somebody who survives being captured by the, the covenant. And she builds a relationship with Master Chief because they're both very similar in, in who they are. They were both taken as children and they were both brainwashed essentially as children. And they both have this special gift that that pertains to these artifacts. And they, you know, very much have a, a similar path, just two different trajectories. And then we get to see what happens when she almost starts to realize that maybe she made a mistake in turning against humanity, but then humanity proves her right and the shit hits the fan and she captures the artifacts and takes them back to the, the covenant, which leads 
Master Chief and his silver team of Spartans to essentially run a suicide mission to this alien planet to retrieve these artifacts and then we get this big showdown where like i said it was very cool because they did a lot of a lot of shots uh the pov from inside master chief's helmet it looked very much like what you would be seeing if you were playing the halo video game and of course this is a, a big spoiler but kaya taking out mckee to to save master chief I wasn't expecting that, but I don't think that's the last time we'll see the McKee character. At least I hope not, because like I said, I really like Charlie Murphy's performance as McKee. I like the character. I like that it was something new from the video games that we hadn't seen before, and that just added a, another level of interest in this storyline. Uh, what happened with Master Chief and letting Cortana take over his body was interesting and how that's going to play out at the end uh, because Cortana taking over his body had artificial intelligence level skills that just, it was badass. It, you know, the, the fight scenes and the, uh, the conflict uh, between the Spartans and the covenant soldiers was just it was fun to watch it was interesting to watch you know the cg in this this is very cg heavy and and we'll kind of talk a little more about that but it, it was it was cool i i liked how they they portrayed the battle scenes between these two like superhuman level entities the the covenant soldiers and the spartans it was it was fun to watch that that whole season finale was everything that was good about this series amped up to the next level and i for one really enjoyed it and it left a lot of questions you know the covenant may have lost the artifacts but they've seen where the halo array is located because of a map that that appears when these artifacts are put together and touched by either McKee or Master Chief. The UNSC has the artifacts now and we'll find out where the Halo array is. So it's going to be, I imagine season two is going to be a race between both sides to who can get there first to take control of it. Uh, what happens with McKee? Is, is she dead? Uh, what happens to Master Chief? Is he gone or is Cortana uh, you have to imagine, no, you have to imagine Master Chief is going to come back and Cortana is going to be integral in bringing him back. Uh, you know, the Silver Team has been uh, pretty, pretty well decimated, especially the Riz character. What's going to happen with her? The UNSC thought they had captured Halsey. Halsey is not there. Halsey is, is free and ready to put whatever, you know, dastardly machination she has into play. It, it's really uh, one of those series that they left you with a lot of unanswered questions as to what comes next. And I, for one, am quite excited to see what comes next. But I really enjoyed this, not only because it's an interesting story. I think the video games provide an interesting enough base story. I like how they build on that and they filled out the world that this story is based in with characters that we may not have seen in the video games but really fit into this universe secondary storylines that that are interesting the uh, Quan Ha and Soren characters are interesting. The McKee character is interesting. Uh, even the, the Spartan Silver Team, Vanek, Riz, Kai, they're interesting characters and they've got interesting actors playing them. Uh, so, so I'm interested to see more. Like I said, uh, this is pretty digital effect laden. Uh, there's a lot of CG in this, especially with the Covenant creatures 
and the uh, Spartans when they're all armored up. And uh, sometimes it is really good CG. Other times it's a little iffy. I've never seen what I would call bad CG in this movie or this this series. Uh, there, like I said, there there are some scenes where the CG is a little, uh, it's a little iffy. Uh, I've seen better, but I've also seen worse. And then there's other scenes where the CG is really good, and it's it's never bad enough at any of its worst points that it takes me out of the experience. So with that being said, I, I got to say the CG, I, I enjoyed it. It's not the best CG you've ever seen, but it's not the worst. It's it's better than average, I would say, in, in some parts. And at worst, probably average. So if you haven't checked out the Halo TV series on Paramount+, Plus, I encourage you to. If you like science fiction, I think you're going to dig this. If you like the Halo video game series, I think you're going to enjoy this. I mean, Amblin TV is is part of the production of this uh, Showtime Networks as well. So they they put some money into this. I mean, uh, even beyond the CG, just the the practical effects and the the set design and the costume design, it, it all feels rich and lived in even in the militaristic uh very clean and sterile environment that you get with with some of the military stuff it still feels real it still feels like a part of a world and a bigger world that i i really enjoyed that aspect of it and like i said the the cast is really good the story is really good even the stuff that is not uh, canon to the video game series i think it was interesting and like i said added more levels to an already interesting base story so if you haven't checked out halo check it out if you have any hopefully you liked it as much as i did if not hey you know to each his own but uh i'll be excited to see if they're going to do um well, I was just about to say I'll be excited to find out if they're going to do a second season, but I just I just read this as I'm sitting here talking. They have already renewed. Paramount Plus has already renewed Halo for a second season, and actually a portion of that season was shown at South by Southwest uh, back in March of this year. So uh, we are going to get a second season of Halo, so I'm really excited to see where they're going to take this, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see a lot of these actors coming back to play these characters because uh, I really enjoyed this series a lot more than I thought it was going to. Not being a fan or a player of the original video game, I wasn't sure, but the story was good and the acting was good and everything about this series was, was really enjoyable. So is it the best series I've ever seen? No. Is it a really good series? Yeah, you bet your ass it is. So check it out. Can't wait to talk about season two whenever that comes about. So thanks for listening. Check out Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook. We're always posting trailers to movies and series that are coming out. Always sharing articles from all over the internet about horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. As soon as I find out uh, when season two is going to be released. Uh, or any production info we find out. I'm going to be sharing that on the Facebook page. And no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe to it, download it, share it, give it a review. Five stars would be awesome. But whatever review you give us, it always helps. Those reviews help more than you realize uh, because that helps with the algorithms and all these platforms like iTunes. Uh, they judge how much they're going to promote this podcast over that podcast by 
how many good reviews they got. So, uh, you know, if you like what you hear, uh, or even if you just enjoy it well enough, if, if I just keep you company while you're doing the dishes, just so you have a voice and you don't feel so lonely, hey, I'll take that. But please leave a review and, of course, share this with anyone you know who enjoys horror, fantasy, and sci-fi talk. So thanks for listening, and until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!